Welcome to the spit. We're back. Um, another guest. I'll let him introduce himself because I can't do his resume. It's too fucking long. Oh, man, really? I just want to say that um, I'm big into vaping, and I met this. I met this gentleman. I want to say almost two years ago, maybe yeah, like two years ago. <clears throat> just going to the, the local vape shop and trying to learn and figure out this whole vaping thing and. I've been vaping ever since, but I'm going to let him introduce himself, and then we can get into our conversation of the week. All right, all right. I appreciate you having me on. You know, I'm corny, so I got my, my, late, my joint, my little, little Wayne lighter flick. Uh, my name is David. Um, on social media, I'm more blunt and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I do have a long resume. I'll be forgetting sometimes. I, I have worked a lot of jobs. Um, I just turned 27 this year. Whoop to me. Um, and in... You know, since I've entered the working role at 21, I have a lot of different experience, different places. We met when I was in the electronic cigarette scene. Um, he's, he's, I, he's getting, he's, he's, he's smoking his you know, joint right I, now. You know, we get relaxed. You know, I'm like, I'm getting comfortable. You know, we about to talk about real things. You know, so I'm getting comfortable. Um, we met when I was working in the electronic cigarette industry. I myself was a cigarette smoker for about five years. I was smoking over a pack a day. Um, and one of my best friends, her mom, rest in peace, got diagnosed and passed from lung cancer. So obviously being a best friend, um, I decided to quit smoking cigarettes around that time <laughs> so that my best friend didn't have to lose her best friend the same way she lost her mom. Um, so uh, as typical to me, I get really invested in the stuff I'm in. Um, and <clears throat> as soon as I made that decision, found out about vaping, dove right in, uh, was in Cali over the holidays. It was huge out there. Found this company, came back, got myself working for it, worked my way up, became a manager, opened up some of their shops. So, like, you know, I did the vaping thing hard for about probably, like, you know, a year and a half, two years. Um, was really successful, helped the companies I worked for be really successful. Um, in that, though, I did, uh, I did know when I got into vaping that I wanted to eventually get into cannabis. I was already a big cannabis enthusiast. I had been, you know, smoking, consuming. Uh, since I was probably about 18, so for a while already. Um, and the industry was just emerging as, like, a real thing um, around, you know, 2014, 2013, with, like, Colorado legalizing, Alaska, uh, Washington, Oregon. So, like, at that point, I knew it was, like, a real option. Um, I also, without even really much knowledge but just looking, saw that, like, vaping and cannabis were going to be, like, cousins in this whole game, um, so I knew that vaping would eventually lead me into cannabis, and it did. Um, it gave me, a, again, added to my resume, gave me a set of skills in, like, the digital marketing world and retail management and, you know, overall management in general, business strategy, uh, digital strategy, um, and that helped me find this opening um, in consulting and brand management in cannabis. Um, so that's how I found myself now working in the cannabis industry, the legal cannabis industry, um, and getting to do the things that I do, um, traveling and helping businesses grow, you know. See how long that was? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right, you're right. <laughs> okay, so what are, the, what are the different types of weed? And I don't mean, like, flavors. To my knowledge, listen, guys, I'm going to be asking a lot of questions from the from the uneducated or dumb side of this industry. So bear with me if you already know the answer. So when I say the different types of weed, I mean 
they're, they're two different, <clears throat> not strands. There's sativa and... There's sativa and, and indica. Indica, uh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when we're talking about types of weed, uh, even though the analogy is, like, we hate to make it because they're night and day apart, again, they're, again, they're almost, again, kind of like cousins, um, and I'm talking about alcohol and cannabis, um, and if you want to think of the different types of weed, you can maybe even make the comparison we're talking about types of liquor, like vodka versus rum versus tequila. Um, they're all, you know, spirits at the end of the day, but, you know, they're kind of distilled differently, they taste differently, they, you know, affect people differently. Um, so when we're talking about cannabis, we are generally talking about two types, um, and that's indica and sativa, um, generally known indica for giving you sedative, uh, sleepy effects, uh, pain, more pain management, um, and sativas for being more uplifting, uplifting and energetic. Um, those are the two main types. Do both of them give you the psychedelic feeling? Well, when it comes to the psychedelic part, uh, that is based on the chemical. So, so when we're talking about even the different types of these, though there is the indica and the sativa, so the sleepy pain management, um, the uplifting and energetic types. Um, these differences are primarily dictated by a component in the plants called terpenes. Um, terpenes um, are one of the components and uh, cannabinoids are the other. And long story short, these are basically just the cells and molecules that make up the plant. Um, much like, you know, we have cells and molecules that make up our body. Are those considered THC? <coughs> Correct. So when we're talking about cannabinoids, we're talking about stuff like THC. Um, which gives you psychoactive effects. We're talking about CBD, which everyone knows is not psychoactive, but still very medicinal. Um, and there's many others like CBN, CBV, uh, CBG. Um, so there's over 20 of those. Um, and then we're talking about terpenes, which are just another chemical present in the cannabis plant. Um, limonene, uh, there's like hundreds of those. I can't <laughs> and they're all funny. They're all funny technical names. It's hard to pronounce sometimes. But yes, yeah, so the differences between indica and sativa, the sleepy pain management is that the only and the main difference? are the concentrations of these different chemicals. Um, so sativas tend to have higher cannabinoid pro uh, profiles of like CBV, which is energetic. It usually uh, it cuts your appetite. So it's like, a, it's like think of it like coffee kind of coffee. doesn't make you hungry and it makes you awake. That's like CBV. Um, it generally will have higher terpene profiles. <coughs> of limonene, um, which is like the lemony smelling one um, that everyone knows. Like, so the lemon hazes, those always smell really lemon, and they always have high CBV. They don't make you that hungry. Um, those are sativas. Sativas generally will have higher amounts of those. Um, indicas will generally high, have higher of the earthy, spicy, spicy smells. I forgot what terpene that is. <laughs> Another funny name. Um, and they generally have higher uh, profiles of CBD, CBG, CBN. Um, and those are terpenes that are, uh, those are cannabinoids, sorry, that are responsible for, you know, anti-inflammatory properties and things of that nature. Dave is confusing the fuck out of everybody. I know, I know, I know. I'm <laughs> trying to think. Listen, guys, so, you know, these are two types of these. I'm giving you this extra information so that you could be informed, but you definitely want to at least know that indicas offer you sleepy and pain management relief. Um, and sativas are generally going to give you your uplifting energetic uh, highs. Uh, so those are really important. Those two things, just remember that at least. Okay. How does one get these different flavors? So like, I'm aging myself right now. 
So like back in the day, people were like, yo, I got chocolate, I got haze. Now I got Gorilla Glue and all this. How do you get those different flavors when it comes to weed? Like, how does that work? Well, are you are you referring to the cultivation of the plants, like the growing of the plants, or are you just talking to talking about like where is the different strain? Like, how can you get the different strains? No, not how you get them because it seems yeah. everybody got yeah, weed. Yeah, we got weed. But no one ever thought we were trying to weed. But yeah. So it's based on the growing. So you say I got I got orange weed. Like you're right now, you're smoking a strawberry banana. I'm pretty sure they didn't chop up strawberries and bananas and put them in with the, in the ground. Like how how the fuck do you how the fuck do you go there? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, so I mean, this is we're 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 trying to brush on a super nuanced topic of the cultivation aspect of like how do you grow cannabis? Um, the names that we see on these plants are just that they're names. It's like you know. Uh, and to some degree, in a lot of cases, they, uh, the name will impart some sort of information on the lineage of the plant, like uh, purple haze. You know that it's probably a mix of any one of the hundreds of purple named and dominant plants and any one of the thousands of haze dominant plants. Um, uh, so you know it's a mix of that, but then there's also stuff like just like Blue Dream or something where you're like, what is that made of? You know, like, like, what did you put together for that? So they're just names. I mean, thankfully, in 2018, in the day of the Internet, we have amazing resources um, like Leafly. Um, you know, for example, a real familiar name that everyone would easily recognize um, that have essentially aggregated, you know, as much information as they can on as many different strains as they can to try to provide you with as much info on the lineage of the strain, like what what plants make it up, uh, the effects it can provide, the cannabinoid profile, the terpene profile, um, and as much information as you could really ask for um, on it. Um, and there's tons of other resources like that, but Leafly is definitely a big one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, people just, it's just growing. It's growing like, you know, how do we get oranges? And then we have but oranges. Orange we have oranges. There's seeds from oranges. There's seeds from weed. You never found Well, weed. yeah, I see, I see weed. that, but like... Maybe that's the conversation we need to have. We need to we need to have the conversation <laughs> that is the truth that is marijuana, cannabis, weed is literally just a plant. It's just a plant. It grows from a seed. You put it in the ground, the sunlight hits it, the water gets the wet, it's brown. And it just it, it just grows. comes out this potent. Something um, gotta be done to it. No, it's just the way it grows. I mean think of it think of it like any other plant that get, I mean any other plant. Mint. Mint. Mint is a plant. You know mint leaves? Yeah. Mint is a plant. It but if I put orange seeds in the ground and I get oranges, that orange, I can't smoke that orange and get high. Well, that's because, How does that, that's because oranges aren't a smokable plant. They're an edible plant. I mean, they're edible fruit, actually. That's yeah. Let's talk about stuff like lettuce and things of that nature. These okay. aren't smokable plants, even though you can. Um, that is not the You can what? Smoke lettuce? Yeah. Why would you smoke lettuce? It don't do nothing. I like have used uh, rolling wraps that are made from lettuce. Cause it's organic, um, you know. Well, yeah, you didn't just take a, a you didn't just take a leaf of lettuce from the refrigerator. Well, you though. take it the lettuce, you process it, and all that. However shit. you do it, but I think uh, you know, again, these are just plants. These are just plants. They have effects. Um, mint, you know, people already medicinally know mint has like you know almost quote, quote sativa like properties. Mint, mint makes you more alert. Um, it awakens you. I mean, people. People casually, whether you're, you know, whatever color you are, whatever your background, we've medicinally used plants for, like, 
ever to inspire effects, you know, whether it be seasoning in our food or, you know, use medicinally to, you know, treat wounds and, and things of that nature, you know, awaken us, make us more alert, you know, lemon zest, everyone knows, like, that shit, like, you know, makes you up and stuff, like, uh, 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 lavender, everyone knows, if you put, like, a washcloth with lavender on it, that shit relaxes you, you put it in your pillow, it helps you go to sleep quicker, we know that, we've been using it forever, these are all plants that grow, that, yeah, we're not smoking those ones, um, there's probably tons of other plants that people smoke all around the world that are just not as common and easily grown, maybe, as uh, cannabis slash weed is. Uh, but yeah, people have been smoking plants forever, dog. We smoke plants, we eat plants, the, na- the world, the earth has been provided for us since day one. That's how we got today, 2018. Like, <laughs> how do you change the, how, how do you, how do you get the potency in weed? Like, how do you... No. Well, we, you know that because you test it. You know, there are testing facilities that test for the potency of weed, just like they can test genetically test for, like, the ripeness of a tomato. Um, they, uh, I, I, wish, I wish I was my boss right now who is, like, uh, like a biophysicist <laughs> major, and she really understands, you know, people really understand the chemical component of this plant. Um, but it's, you know, it's tested. They put it in a machine that probably uh, heats it, gets the water vapor off, and then they test the water vapor, and that can just tell them everything that's in it. All right, so tell um, us what you do, because so I think what we're talking about right now is not your specialty. Let's talk about your specialty and what, what it is you do in the weed industry. So my specialty, personally, that I do in the weed industry, I work for a strategy and consulting firm. Uh, we help companies at any phase of business and brand development, basically excel their growth and make it to the next level. Um, That's what we do as a whole. That's our motto. We can take you higher. Um, We elevate your brand. We do the best. (laughs) My job, personally, I'm one of the marketing coordinators. Um, Now, I help your business development um, in pretty much every phase of its visual visual presentation, whether that be in live activation form or any form of uh, digital marketing, whether it be your website development and ongoing, whether it be your email marketing campaigns, whether it be your social media management and production, um, whether it's a live activation when we are doing like a, I don't know, any sort of live activation, a concert in your name, sponsoring an event that, you know, we are co-branding with, uh, you know, street fair, you know, (laughs) anything that's going to bring more press to your to your business um, when we talk brand development as a whole um, I mean I'm helping write up all the digital strategy um, for all of the accounts as well we're figuring out just how we infiltrate your target market um, also bring in a secondary market um, hold true to your mission statement you know everything that has to do with branding and uh, and brand strategy for you in the digital space um, in the mar- for marketing yeah. okay so off air we we met before, and we were talking about uh, why weed isn't why weed is what is it scheduled as a uh, a one a schedule one drug schedule one drug. Tell us about that, okay? So, so people can understand for real, for real. So everyone understands. So the big conspiracy theory when you know you see the crazy cannabis people, the ones in the streets with the signs. Um, is that the government currently has cannabis as a Schedule One drug, um, which technically means it's like the most illegal as possible. 
Um, and most importantly about those illegal drugs is that they say they have no medicinal value. Um, now, in 2018, we know that that is like reputably false from numerous different avenues in numerous different ways from numerous different sources. So, off principle, we can now objectively look at that ruling, that scheduling, and say that it's wrong. Um, so, there's that. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, you know, we, we're all looking at this, and our government is letting it hang in the air and stay that way, and it, I feel like whether you're a fan, an advocate or not, you should be able to, like, listen to that and be like, hmm, something about that seems off. Um, when you dive further into that, you see that the government itself has a patent on CBD, um, which is, uh, as we mentioned earlier, one of the cannabinoids present in cannabis, um, as something with medicinal value. So even the government themselves, years ago, realized, and then further went on to patent, um, aspects of this plant while still having it labeled uh, as this Schedule One drug with no medicinal value. So it kind of makes you cock your head to the side and, and wonder what's going on. Um, when, we, when we think about that more and we see all the trickle-down effects with the war on drugs and how it, it has impacted like inner-city communities, um, particularly POC ones, um, and you know, filled our prisons uh, with, <laughs> with them because of this misruling on this plant, it's just, you know, it's all really confusing and makes yeah, a lot of Because <coughs> weed is scheduled as an A1, but alcohol isn't. Yeah. So people are allowed to drink <laughs> freely, but can't smoke freely. Drink, ruin their lives, other people's lives, kill people. I think, I think alcohol-related deaths are one of the top five killers, um, like preventable killers in the U.S. So the how we got to this conversation, we were talking about sports because David is a former college athlete. And, you know, you have people who are now speaking out that they actually indulged in weed while they played their sports, like Matt Barnes. <clears throat> He's like, yo, you know, I smoked weed the whole time I was in the NBA it's just that I ate healthy and I went to the sauna and sweat all this shit out so I, I very rarely ever popped for weed consumption during his career. Why, What? what's the hold up between athletes being able to even use just CBDs, maybe not, you know, the, the full effect of cannabis with the THC in it. Why, what's, what's the hang up there? I mean... If we're being if we're being positive and not pointing any fingers, I would have to. <laughs> no, nah, you can point fingers. It's my show. Okay, fine. So, <laughs> so, so we do both. You if we're being positive and not pointing fingers, it's obviously just because it's still federally illegal, as, you know, in this whole Nazis argument we just had. Um, and and obviously these major billion dollar corporations, you know, they they want to keep their noses clean. And as humane as it would be to allow these athletes to medicate in whatever way they can, it also is a lot more profitable for them to follow the rules and have whatever agreements, whatever pharmacy, whatever they got going on behind the doors and keep it going that way rather than raise any voice about allowing them to even, yeah, use CBD. Um, and it is nonsense because, you know, professional athletes go through a lot. Um, and I think, to be honest, we just need to continue to shine a light on the prescription drug abuse that happens, um, even casually. Um, I work both prescription drugs and alcohol um, because I work with a lot of different professional athletes now, particularly uh, NFL players. Um, and really early, I just like offhandedly caught on to the fact that it seemed like a lot of them 
um, while they're fans of cannabis, um, they tend to, you know, medicate, I would say, a little bit more with alcohol. Um, and in my mind, I can't help thinking of, like, hey, this is a sport that is, like, super, super punishing on your body. And everyone already knows alcohol numbs the hell out of you. And I just can't imagine how many nights that they just had to drink themselves to sleep because they knew if they tried to smoke themselves to sleep with some goweed instead, they would get, you know, piss-tested, piss-hot, and lose all their money just because of that. Just because it's trying to go to sleep when you're sore. Um, so I don't know, man. We need, to, we need to protect our players. We need to protect our people. You know, cannabis is not about just getting high. It's like a, it's a public health issue. It's a social economic issue. This like all corny to the side. Like this plant, because it's so useful in so many different ways, just can save everything. Like we need to do it. We need to be like, <laughs> like I don't even know. I, I, you know, I try really hard to put things to make good analogies, put things in layman terms, so that people could just like see the obvious crossovers. Because it's like always there. You know, it's like. It's like, listen, this plant, we've already proven it helps protect your brain, it helps heal your body, um, and then these pills we prescribe them, it's already proven, they get you addicted, they destroy your liver, they destroy your kidney, and it's like, why are we forcing them to do it that way? Can you be addicted to weed? Um, I think um, addiction itself, um, because it has a chemical component, um, I don't think it, you technically can be addicted to weed. Um, now, can you use weed regularly in the same way you make any kind of, like, routine habit in your life? Um, yeah. I think a lot of people do. Um, no, because I've never seen anybody sell a TV to get weed. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I said, like, being an ad- addiction, as we understand it, as we at least see it in our society, has a whole component of self-destruction and things of this nature that just don't typically seem to be present in a heavy cannabis user if a cannabis user really. Um, so I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I think what happens a lot more often than people realize just because of the lack of knowledge beyond cannabis is that people become regular cannabis smokers because of the medicinal aspects they reap from smoking cannabis that they don't see as medicinal. People smoke cannabis regularly after every meal because they like to get high, but really because cannabis helps you digest your food better. They never noticed it as that because they never knew it was that. They just thought they were getting high after their meal. But they feel so good because cannabinoids are helping your intestines absorb all <laughs> the right shit and feel all good and right. Um, people like to smoke before they go to sleep. They think they just like to get high at night, which is true. But they also like the deep-ass, nice-ass sleep provided to them by the 13 profile they just sniffed up, you know? Um, so I think that that happens, and we aren't trained to see it as that way. Um, but that happens, and people become regular users, and that's that. And we see it as just, oh, they're smoking weed. But no, they're medicating. <laughs> that's why I like to tell people, I'm like, I'm medicating, all right, leave me alone. <laughs> you can't judge me. Does how you consume the weed, like, does it change your high? Because you can smoke it, you could eat it as an edible, whether it be a brownie or a cookie, or you can cook with it. Put it directly into your food. Does that change the high or the potency of it? Oh, drastically across the board. It both changes the potency and the effects. Um, again, if I'm keeping it as simple as possible, we're yeah, gonna, I'm yeah, keep it to simple. Keep it simple. When you smoke weed, it's the fastest acting version of it. So whether you're smoking it or vaporizing it, it's gonna hit you the fastest, um, but it's also gonna fade the quickest. Um, and if you're smoking it, 
you're getting the weakest amount of it. You're getting the least amount of anything from the weed as you can. And, and if you're vaporizing it, you're getting a lot, but it's still coming on fast and leaving early. Good? Okay. Um, now, when you start touching stuff like edibles, um, when you are cons digesting weed, digesting. Um, when you're digesting weed and it's going through your stomach and, you know, your, your, your intestines and all that, um, the chemical itself, THC, gets broken down and processed and reintroduced to your body as a more potent chemical. Um, so there's that. <laughs> so when you ingest it, you're automatically, A, getting a more potent product. You're also, B, um, as we mentioned earlier, smoking it and vaping it comes on early, leaves fast. This comes on late and leaves even later <laughs> when you eat it. So you're in for a more powerful, longer-lasting experience when you uh, ingest cannabis. Um, and you digest it. So there's that. Um, the other forms of say, those are, I guess, you know, two most commonly, commonly mm -hmm. seen ways. Um, so there's those two. Um, other ways that are, you know, becoming more popular across the world, there's the tinctures, which are labeled as a sublingual. What's that? Um, so I use that. The, the, the distinction there is that's why I say when you use an edible, you're digesting it. Right. That specification has to be made because that whole, like, power process that happens when you eat it, mm -hmm. that happens in your gut. So if it doesn't make it past your mouth, really, that's not happening. And generally, tinctures are for the mouth. Um, they're made to be, like, squirted on your tongue, absorbed on your tongue, underneath your tongue, in your whole, like, mouth stitch, um, and go straight into your bloodstream. The appeal of that is that the effects come on quicker, similar to, like, a smoking or something like that. Um, but it's still pretty powerful because it's like a direct to the bloodstream deal going on. You know, I've never heard of that. Oh, what is yeah. it a, a, t a tincture? Tincture. Tincture. Um, you know, they're extremely popular in the medicinal market. I mean, when people, but the whole like people have seizures or um, older people who can't medicate via smoking or even eating um, because it's something that you could just put a couple drops of it. Picture like a Visine bottle, couple drops. Um, it absorbs in your mouth. You just hold it there. Absorbs in your mouth. 20 minutes later, you are medicated, you know? Shit. But <laughs> just a couple drops. What if somebody used, like, half of that? Like, I mean, uh, some, some people probably do. Will the high be, like, extreme? Like, um, I mean, you know, when we're talking about people's subjective uh, Medicaid experience, you know, that has to do with tolerance level and thing, all things of that nature. Um, technically, if you needed to medicate with half a bottle, ideally you would just buy a bottle with a stronger dosage so that you would still <laughs> just have to use a uh, you know, drop and full. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it like... Oh, no, tinctures are dope. <laughs> to be honest, my favorite, I like smoking, obviously. Um, I, it's, uh, it's medicinal to me. As a former cigarette smoker, I, I have been seeing the whole breathing benefit of like inhale, exhale, think about life, repeat. Um, but then I also love edibles. That whole come on late stage and later effect. Um, I have this whole running joke. I can make like a thesis on it. I think edibles are like extended release happiness. If I start my morning with like edible brownie, edible muffin, edible anything, tincture in my coffee, like whatever it may be, um, if I start my day with that, I'm going to be right, I'm going to be effective, I'm going to be pet perky at work, I'm going to smile at everyone, I'm going to go through my day, and 2 p.m. is going to hit, and I'm going to be like, why am I in such a damn good mood? And it's because I have my morning medible. I think most people see weed smoking as you smoke, you get lazy, almost, and unproductive. Like, you see, most people, they get high, they want to lay out and chill. 
the how well I guess that's debunking a myth or whatever because yeah everybody some people like you said smoke and function throughout the day some people smoke and lay down yeah I mean you know so first of all yeah it has to do with debunking the myth a lot another one of my company's brand slogans is you know rebranding cannabis we have to now that it's becoming legal it's spreading across the nation and the world we have to now paint this new picture of what cannabis and cannabis use looks like so yeah we have to debunk that myth um, now, I think that myth originates from a couple of things. One, obviously, the thing all myths originate from, which is propaganda, and inflation of stories, um, you know, uh, inflation of stories in a negative perspective. And two, it just comes from misuse. Um, I think, ju- you know, yes, it's a plant, it's a medicinal plant, it's a plant we can use recreationally, um, but at the end of the day, we're still talking about using something, which means we need to talk about how to use it right. Um, and there's a right way to use cannabis. Um, and this is why I say, like, you know, whether you are using medicinally or recreationally, you want to use this shit right. So that means you want to know what you're smoking, and you want to know what that, you want to have a good likelihood of what your smoke is going to do to you. Um, smoke, eat, whatever it is. So I think a lot of the negative stigma around cannabis has come from decades, literally, of propaganda and decades of misuse. Um, and hopefully now that it becomes legal and people learn that, this strange strawberry banana is going to make me feel awake, alert, and uh, focused so they know that they can smoke that in the morning or at night or any time that they need to be awake, alert, and focused. Um, and they know that this strange, you know, granddaddy perp is going to make them feel couch lock, hungry, and then sleepy. They know they better not smoke that first thing in the morning, you know? Well, I um, guess that goes back to Sativa and Indica. It comes back to you being being. It's come back to you being a freaking weed head and looking up everything and knowing sativa indica or whoever, whatever brand dispensary outlet you are purchasing your cannabis from is educating you as a purchaser. I mean, another reason why I feel so connected to this industry in every way, like you said, we met from the vape industry. What was your experience when you met me? I probably sold you a product, explained to you in the easiest way understandable how to use it, how it was going to work, how to take care of it, everything of that nature. And then because you had such an educated experience, you went on to be a lifelong consumer because you knew what you were doing. Um, and you knew how to do it well. You knew how to use that vape effectively as you vape right now, you know. Um, so I think as a cannabis consumer, you, you need to be educated. You can't just, you know, even if you're using it recreationally, you need to know that this product is going to make you, if I'm taking this out to get high with my boys at night, I need to know this shit's going to make us giggly, maybe a little bit hungry, but still alert in case we need to do some shit afterwards, you know? Um, or thoughtful as well. Maybe it makes me feel kind of sad. I want to know that beforehand. Not just that it's going to make me high. That's so generic. Mm-hmm. I, oh, <clears throat> well, I think in our... I want to say my experience with weed smokers, I don't think they've ever really cared... Or looked into all the the backgrounds and the technical shit that you're giving me. Like, I know a bunch of weed heads. We've never had this discussion. It's like, nah, I'm trying to get high. <laughs> I'm about to get this weed and we're going to get high. And it was just that simple. I don't think it was ever, uh, what's the dosage or how okay, many milligrams. Use this product. Yeah, it, it was never about that. It was like, yo, I smoked weed for the first time. I was 14. I've been smoking weed ever since. Not me, but the people that I know. 
been smoking weed since high school, and I still be smoking weed. <laughs> Never once has anybody talked about how, why, which. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, a lot of this has to do with how they were taught. This is how they were taught. I mean, you know, we are creatures of habit. Um, it, uh, you know, we are humans. Like the way you are taught to do something is the way you would do it, and the way you continue to teach other people to do it. Um, because of whichever rich reasons, combination of reasons, because of legalization, because of lack of science and information, whatever the reason, um, we were taught to use weed in a very caveman-like way, um, which is cool and all. It still worked. It still helped tons of people. Let's not get it confused. Before 2018, weed was still helping people with AIDS. It was still helping people with cancer. It was still helping people with any of the list of everyday medicinal maladies I'm, we talk about now. Um, but we didn't widely accept it and understand it as such. Um, so it's okay that you were just taught that this was a plant you crush up, roll up, and get the giggles with. Um, just like we're taught when someone first hands you your glass of alcohol, this is something that you drink, it'll make you feel a little bit loose and give you the giggles. Um, you drink at your birthday or you drink on Christmas with your family. However you were taught to do something is how you're going to do it. Um, so that's actually why it's important for us now that we have all this new information to now teach differently, teach a new generation. Um, you know, even if it's my kids, if I have kids one day and I catch them, you know, smoking weed, if my son, daughter, whatever is smoking weed and they're like, oh, dad, I really want to get high and go on a hike today. Um, I just got some granddaddy perks from the dispensary because, you know, dispensary is going to be like the corner store in that future. And I'm about to roll that shit up. I'm going to be like, you dumb motherfucker. You know granddaddy perk make you go to sleep. I told you, get the fucking, like, purple haze. It still kind of got the granddaddy taste because, you know, it got the perk gene. But it got haze, and haze is mad sativa. So you're going to be up. So you're going to feel nice. Be kind of like, you know, daisy in the head, but you're going to be real awake so you can hike this hike. What are you doing? You smart, not stupid. Um, so, yeah, I want people to be conscious consumers, whether recreationally um, or medicinally. I think it's, it only creates the best experience. Imagine if, you know, I don't know, you like to drink? Yeah, I drink. What's your favorite mixed drink? Like your favorite cocktail? Probably, let's go to Long Island. Okay, well, I'm not familiar with the Long Island. <laughs> I know the Long Island. You're like you was a bartender well, you was getting ready to... Well, I thought you were going to choose something like fucking mainstream, like Jack and Coke, motherfucker. Long Island is not mainstream? Well, Long Island, what is that? Like a cocktail? Like it's a couple just of, a bunch of different shit. You know, see, that's not even, that's not enough for me. I'm too fancy for that. I like to drink, too. I smoke and I drink, but I only drink tequila, really. Okay. What's my favorite drink? A margarita. Now, let's put it this way. I was drinking, I've been drinking tequila only for like four years now. First year I was drinking tequila, while well, I'm going to all the broke places, they give me the margarita just in a cup and a straw. Now I learned someday I meet a girl who put me on to salt around the rim. So now I was using this product for a year, not having an issue, loving my tequila, loving my margarita, doing the damn thing. This person came over and told me how to effectively use this drink, use this glass, use this, this, this recipe more effectively to enhance my experience. Now, if you give me a margarita with the salt around the rim, I'm going to send it back and ask you to put some shit back and put it back because I want to have the most best experience I can with this drink. So this is what I, I guess this is the kind of perspective I want to bring people. Even if you've been, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to help you get the best out of your experience no matter what you're trying to use it for. And I want you to be conscious of that so that 
most importantly, when you are teaching other people, whether they are a contemporary, a younger generation, or older one, you can also teach them how to effectively use this plant. Because now we know how to do that. Back in the 50s and 60s, and, and the Stone Ages, maybe when we were first using it, we didn't have the knowledge to know how to effectively use it like we do now. We do now. Like, I'm smoking something purposeful, so I'm not falling asleep on you right now. I could have brought my blue dream over here, but it's a very indica phenotype. That means it's going to make me mad sleepy, and I'm not trying to be snoozing on you. But I brought something that I know is going to have me comfortable, but still a little feeling good, you know? Well, yeah, that's probably something we should teach the hood. Right? (laughs) Niggas are smoking before work in the morning because they hate their job. So they need to not be depressed to go to work. So they got to smoke that blunt in the morning. I feel you on a meta level. Like, we the same person in that moment. But in that moment, I win because I smoke some, what I got, blueberry, some blueberry haze. That was going to have me relaxed. Focus, but awake, and your ass smokes some fucking like loud cush off the corner that you don't even know what loud is, and really loud is some indica ass shit that smell like the earth, um, and you think that that's good, and it is, but it's gonna put you to sleep. Now you at the job you hate, falling asleep at the counter, and everyone's screaming at you. Nah, the hood needs to know. Everyone needs to know. We all need to know how to effectively use this plant because it works for everyone, for everything, but we need to use it right. All right, so let's talk about dispensaries. Dispensaries. Explain to the people who might not know what a dispensary is. I mean, it's on TV. It's in TV shows now. Everybody's talking about it, but they might not have seen it. I like to talk to my people like they don't know what the fuck is going on. Educate the masses. So, what is, a, what is a dispensary? I mean, a dispensary is like, just like what it sounds like, what it, we read on, it's a store, basically, where you can go and purchase some medicinal cannabis. Um, for even your frame of reference, it's much like even a vape shop. I think that's what the interaction there is very much like. Um, the layouts are different store to store, but you go in for this product, you, someone helps you get it, and you leave. So, every dispensary is medic, medical marijuana? Well, no, uh, some are medicinal only, so you need a medical marijuana card in order to go to them. How does one get a medical card? Because I know people in here are like, man, I'm trying to cheat, man, I'm trying, I'm trying to get the good shit. I mean, yo, listen, get, get legal, do it, they can't fuck with you that way. Um, if you can't, I mean, it, the thing is, it's different depending on where you are. Well, we're um, in New York, so let's talk about New York. Man, New York, that's, okay, so in New York, <laughs> how do you get your medical marijuana card? Step one, you have to see if you even qualify to get a medical marijuana card. What, does, that, what does that mean? Yeah, how does one what qualify? Does that mean? How does one qualify for a medical marijuana card? An easy way to know if you qualify is to just Google the list of qualifying conditions for medical marijuana in your state. So qualifying conditions for in your state in New York. Now, unfortunately, in New York, that is going to uh, probably dampen a lot of hearts because that list is not very long. Um, and I'm pretty sure that list is pretty limiting. Uh, and it usually is probably cancer. Um, it is uh, any kind of uh, critical condition, terminal illness, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm actually trying to look it up real quick just so I can give you guys a frame of, frame of reference. Qualifying conditions, MMJ. They know what I mean. <laughs> They know what I'm looking for. Okay, so this is actually something you can find 
on the, this is the New York Gov website? Okay, so, obtaining medical marijuana. First step, speaking with your treating practitioner about whether the medical use of marijuana is good for you. You already know it's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> what medical, additional medical conditions? Let's see. Looks like they have, they added chronic pain as a serious condition as of last year, March 22nd. So that's amazing. Um, other than that, um, it looks like we are limited to, let's see, I want to give you guys the goodies because this is the, this is the frustrating part. Whether in New York or any other state, uh, the frustrating, most frustrating part about getting the medical, medical marijuana card is if you even qualify to begin with. Some states it is very easy, like in California, where it's pretty much, you know, most people can get it for chronic pain or any kind of other uh, everyday symptom that you typically can get or over-the-counter medicine for that you want to treat um, with a natural alternative. Um, but other states seem to adopt the mindset of only giving it to people with terminal illnesses, um, which is extremely limiting because uh, cannabis has the ability to just kind of give everyone a better standard of living as a whole um, without having to hurt yourself with additional chemicals. Um, so I'm having a little bit of trouble looking this up right now but see this is why people don't have medical marijuana yeah I, you know it's, <laughs> I think I only know one person in New York who has a medical marijuana you know marijuana same card. I have a car but my car is actually from California um, so I was you know I was in a, and funny enough I guess my story is actually even proof to the point um, I got my medical marijuana card in California where I was prescribed it for chronic pain because I myself here we go I myself uh, was in a car accident I was hit by a car two years ago so, hell yeah, I'd be having chronic pain, and because California's list of qualifying conditions have that, they were able to prescribe me. But can you believe that I was hit by a car, so I have chronic pain, but my home state of New York would say that that's not good enough for me to get medical marijuana? Uh, it looks like the ailments that qualify for medical cannabis in New York are cancer, uh, HIV positive, uh, and and mythropic lateral sclerosis, uh, Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, um, epilepsy, um, inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease, um, and Huntington's disease. There's a couple others. So it looks like, for the most part, just degenerative diseases. <laughs> um, so for everyone that really it's wants to nothing get... Nothing easy. Yeah, not, nothing that you want to really have. Yeah, like, yeah. to be honest, like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are like, shit, just, like, take me out then, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, why do I have to get to that point before you say, all right, you can get cannabis? And to be honest, it's unfortunate because... For a lot of these people, potentially, they cannot get to that point by having cannabis used previously in, in, in that symptom um, or prophylactically, a.k.a. before it even existed. Um, so, I don't know. It's an issue all across the board. Um, you would want to do like I just did. It took a little bit longer than I wish, but <laughs> Google the qualifying conditions for medical marijuana in your state. That's a great place to start. Okay, so what else goes on at a dispensary? Um, at the dispensary is just your purchasing of your medicine, of your of your cannabis, whatever product it is. Um, that again is limited by the place you go, and then also the the state laws where you're in. New York, for example, um, after you qualify, you have one of these conditions, you go to the doctor, they prescribe you, you get your card in the mail, you, now you can go to the dispensary. Um, New York law, uh, medical marijuana prohibits the sale of dry flour. 
So currently in our dispensaries, you can only get things like topicals. You can only get things like pills. What's a topical? Topical is like a cannabis-infused cream, like an ointment. Oh, a rub. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, topical, uh, a va- vaporizer, uh, you know, anything that's not the dry herb, essentially. Which um, is? Which is the flower that, you know, a lot of people do like to smoke and medicate with because it affects you faster. Um, and it's, you know, kind of easier for some. So, yeah, that that is also dependent. So, now that you're at this dispensary, is it like a menu? You just walking up to the counter? I mean, like I mean, I've never earlier. been to a dispensary. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be going to Colorado later this year, and that's going to be one of the stops that I make is oh, going man. in to a dispensary. They're everywhere. I mean, Colorado was my first stop too. I went out there immediately after they uh, legalized. Like a month later, less than I think I was. I think I was there like two weeks later. <laughs> I planned my trip. I was like, we're out. Spent 4th of July there in Colorado 2014 after they legalized for recreational use. Um, and yeah, there were a lot of dispensaries there then. There is at least four times as many now. There's two on every block. It really is essentially Starbucks, especially in, in the in the cities and capitals like Denver and stuff, Boulder. Uh, they're everywhere. Um, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, they're like any other retail shop, kind of. Uh, unfortunately, like any other retail shop, they have uh, different formats, different layouts. But for the most part, uh, y- they see a couple people at a time. They let you into a room. The cannabis is on display, some way, shape, or form. They show you the different options. Uh, they may have a menu you can look at beforehand. Or even online, Weed Maps um, and Leafly actually are both good apps that allow you to see um, a lot of dispensary menus online beforehand. So you can go in already knowing what you want to buy. Um, some stores are really good with keeping that information updated. I use Weed Maps extensively when I'm in legal states. Um, a lot of people like to hate on them, but I, I think they try their best, I guess. I mean, they could probably just use some, some better people or some more people on the team to update things. Um, they use a lot. They leave a lot of it to the dispensaries to update, actually, from what I believe. So maybe the dispensaries need to work better with them. What are the, the shipping rules, if you know? Because, like, you can go to Colorado, <coughs> but you can't. Are you allowed to ship it back? How does um, that work? In most states that are legal currently, I'm I, I'm under the current understanding that none of them allow the uh, shipping of any way of any sort of amount of cannabis outside of the state. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how so that you got to enjoy your party favors where they are, and you, you can't that's bring how, them home. That's just how they have it currently. I mean, uh, yeah. I think you're probably pretty okay if you're flying from one legal place to another legal place or something. But uh, I think also not only do the states say you can't travel it anywhere, but, like, federal law says you can't have uh, a, a legal product on a plane, you know? So technically, if we're, be- if we're being technical here, while you may think you can fly from one part of California to another ca- part of California with cannabis, you're like, all the California people, they think they're so cool because they could do that. I'm like, no, technically. Unfortunately, America says they own the sky above the state, too. So, like, once you hit the sky zone, they're like, nah, it's not allowed. So, technically. <laughs> but, like, you know, YOLO and stuff, however you want to live your life. But technically, no. It's only in-state. You can have it. You're not supposed to travel outside the state with it. Let's talk about making an edible. Yeah. 
Edibles are great. Extend to release happiness. What's your favorite edible? Uh, I mean, that's such a hard question. <laughs> the market is huge. Yo, real talk, but since... So so to have a little light on the conversation, my favorite edible is this brand, I believe it's called 1908. 1908 or 1906. Something weird like that. Their whole their whole premise, their whole branding behind the name actually is that they wanted to take it back to a time before Prohibition. Mad corny, but... The deal with them is that they have their edibles that they brand by the experience you're going to get. So the kick on it is that, yeah, they have one that's called Relax. So they have this little, these little chocolate nougat balls that are labeled Relax. And when you eat them, they just make you feel relaxed. They have ones that are called, like, Sleep, ones that are called, like, Bliss or something like that. And I, I don't remember the names, but there were ones I think they were just called Love. And they were supposed to, you know, make you feel horny. <laughs> sure enough, my ass was like, hey, let me try these shit the fuck out. <laughs> Bought me a container, ate the whole damn box, 100 milligrams worth of little chocolate balls. And when I tell you, I was, I was, I was happy to have my lady nearby <laughs> that night, all right? So, um, I'd say 1908, 1906. Let me, let me find out so I can give you the correct plug because they deserve their shout out. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm all about being a conscious consumer. So if you're going to straight up tell me on the packaging what this is going to do for me, um, and it actually does that. I really appreciate you. Okay, so, but, like, <clears throat> would you rather have a cookie, a brownie, uh, a mean, muffin? I'm not, I'm not specific like that. I'm thankful that a gummy, we have, a yeah, I was just about to say, I was just about to say, I am thankful that I have even those options. Um, I'm not a picky eater, thankfully, I'm not vegan, I'm not paleo, I am not vegetarian, I'm not pescatarian. I'm not sugar-free, friendly, anything. I will eat most things that taste good. Uh, I guess another one of my favorite gummies. I like those. You like gummies? Those edibles. No, no, no. Those are chocolates. Those no, are no, no. Really but my next, another one of my favorites are gummies. I like those because, you know, gummies in general have, like, a soft consistency. They're easy to just, like, knock back. And How does one about. make a weed gummy? Uh... The directions for I making, tried. It didn't work. The directions for making a weed gummy. I have never made a weed gummy, but I believe it looks something like just making infused gelatin in the shape of what you want it to look like. Right. Is that but what it is? You can't just grind up weed and throw that in. Absolutely I, not. I tried that. It didn't so, work. So here's so we're not gonna we're not gonna turn this into a cooking show. But here's the at least I don't think you want to. Nah, man, that, nah, if you, well, no, no, no. I was gonna give I was gonna give the pro hack, but what we can do is give a pro tip, can is hacks, blunt facts. Blunt facts and hacks. Coming <laughs> from you for more blunt. So here's the hack. If you wanna make any edible at all, the first thing you need to know and look into, you have to know it and look into it. If you wanna make any good edible, it's called decarboxylation. I know. Let's say it again. <laughs> Decarboxylation. Decarboxylation. Bang! All right. You are now smarter. <laughs> now, why do, you, why do you have to look that up and know that before you make any edible? As simply as possible. Whatever chemicals in the weed that are going to get you high, that are going to affect you, yada, 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 you almost need to activate them. You know, you need to, like, get them ready. You have to make them hot, you know? like smacking a mint leaf before your exactly mojito. oh my god look at you that's a great one you know before you make your mojitos you gotta put the mint leaf in first grind them up get them nice and like aromatic and stuff and then you have the alcohol in perfect so before you make your edible of any kind no matter what it is you have to decarb for short your marijuana your cannabis how does one um, do that how does that one do that 
in simple terms, you use the oven, you put your marijuana in the oven, kind of grind it up, loosely grind it at a very low temperature, has to be below 320 degrees, generally, you know, somewhere below 220 and 260. Below? Um, b- below. You want to keep okay. it low. Like, you want to keep it low, around 220, 260, but below 320. Right. And you leave it in there for about 15 to 30 minutes. This is risky because oven, everyone already knows, even if you're a general cook, like, oven heat and shit is affected by quality, way of heating, mm-hmm. altitude, all that, but this is the general science behind it. Or... You can use Google effectively and find a device like, let's say, the Ardent Decarboxylator that will do that process for you in a machine and make it real push-press and easy for you. Um, Now, once you do that, once you decarb your flour, then it is activated. All the chemicals in it that you want to experience are activated, and it is even as simple as just eating that raw flour. So all the vegetarians out there that's looking for a new snack, your new snack is cannabis. You just eat it raw. <laughs> um, or you break it up and sprinkle it on your salad. Or you put it in a mason jar with some butter um, in a, a pot of boiling of low-temperature water. Let that sit for 30 minutes, and now you have amazingly infused cannabis butter. Or you put it in a little bottle full of Everclear, and you infuse, and you mash it up, and you let that sit for a day, and you take that out, and now you have a tincture. It's going to be a little alcoholic, but you have a tincture. And if you don't want the alcohol in it, remember the tincture, the sublingual? Mm-hmm. You have that now. Um, if you don't want the alcohol, you could take that same alcohol, pour it in a rice cooker in an open, aerated space, let that boil off a little bit. And now you have a concentrate. You have Rick Simpson oil, which is a very concentrated version of cannabis and is great for adding to coconut oils or anything else you would want to make, like a cream. You know, so uh, that, that's how you do it. How you make edibles out of things, how you do anything other than smoke it, you have to activate the cannabis first by decarbing it. Okay, so once we decarb it, <coughs> let's just say we're baking yeah. brownies or cookies or whatever. So... Put it in the oven, or put it on a baking sheet. Or yeah, yeah. Pot, uh, the, the baking sheet, but okay. the with the sheet, so it don't stick. Aluminum foil. Get uh, I wouldn't do aluminum foil. Aluminum gets hot a little bit. I guess it stays cool, but it's like right on the rack. You want You don't want it to get too crazy in there. Okay. Put it on the sheet with the paper underneath in the middle rack. You know, some place where it's supposed to get the most accurate temperature possible. Because this is the issue here. We need to not let it get too hot. Right. So all right, we decarb it. Yeah. Now we. It's activated. Yeah. If I'm baking, do I just grind it up even more and put that directly into the baking? You could. But then you'll have leaves and You're stuff right. in it. But that's not what you want. No. Okay, so what's next? What's the next step? Well, we're like I told about, you. We're on a cooking show. You put it, you, all right. You put it in the mason jar with some butter. You put it in the pot. Let that simmer on a low heat for a while. Put it in a pot with some water. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a double boiler effect. So if we're on a cooking show, we're making a double yeah, boiler. So out pot of, it. of water. Yep. Butter. Let that chill. Activated. Like, car- no, 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 no. Come on. You know the steps. Let's go back to step one. We got to walk through this correct. Yeah. Okay. We put activate. it in the oven. We yep. activated it. Activate it. Below 320. Below preferably 320. somewhere around 200, maybe a little lower. Yep, two fifty, like two fifty for half hour. Now it's activated. Now it's activated. So now I have a pot of water. You have a pot of water on a low temperature. On a low temperature. I put butter in a mason jar. In a mason jar or another pot or another pot. double boiler. So you right. create a double boiler effect where you have water on the bottom boiling, creating heat, and something on the top where you're gonna put butter to melt. 
So now I got my butter and my weed in the same yep. thing. Yep, and you just let that sit and simmer very low heat for about 30 minutes to an hour. Um, and you strain that out. That remaining butter is probably the finest cannabis butter you've ever made. Um, and that is because you took the time to decarb your flour beforehand. Okay, see guys? I give tips too. The decarbing is, is essential. If you don't do that, Without getting too specific, you're only getting like 20% out of your weed. Um, once you decarb your flour, you're getting like 90% out of it. So if you think you were making some fire edible before, look into decarbing. Keep that same recipe. Watch what happens. <laughs> Listen to that. You learn something new every More day. More blunts, hacks, and facts. More blunts, facts, and hacks. Mm-hmm. should throw that up on your IG. It's up there. I got a couple. <laughs> Might want to just make a whole IG. <laughs> just, just educate. I'm just, just, I'm just, just, I'm just, just I got the time. Yeah, I got the time. <laughs> just a suggestion. You know, I don't want to take your idea. So just a suggestion. Nah, man. I mean, I want everyone to know. Like I said, I want everyone to use consciously. So I'm here for it. Decarb your edibles. Get so much more out of them. Is there any other facts you want to give us? Facts. I want to give you guys. Facts or tips or yo, you want to give another hat you stop, can do that stop, yo stop smoking weed that you don't know the name but especially stop smoking it if it was only called sour aloud i want everyone to do me a 30 day 30 day challenge you can't smoke do that. as much weed as you can that isn't named sour or loud that's that's hard no it's not you want to know why it's not hard because first of all we live in one of the most amazingly large populated dynamic cities in the world um, and if you look for something, you can find it, right? And and weed is something that is easily findable everywhere, right? Um, and if you do that, if you smoke something other than sour aloud for 30 days, you just see what other stuff you can smoke, I guarantee you will not have new experiences with weed, and it will it will make you want to be a more conscious consumer. Just think about it like this, though. We live in the hood. So you go into your weed man who live on the corner, or you stand on the corner, you see him all the time, he always hook you up. He's giving you whatever weed he's selling. Listen. He ain't going to have no details on it. He ain't going to give you no packages. I'm not saying I'm trying to change your life. I'm just trying to tell you that someone who cares enough to tell you at least something different. He ain't going to know what's in it. He just, yo, Listen, if he at least even cares enough to tell you something, that means he cares enough that he wants you to have a a better experience. They don't care about that. They care about about getting getting the 20... It's like, 50 so, it's like so funny. I was walking around with this like world-renowned, world-renowned. Like they know her in Europe, Spain. She uh, she grows amazing cannabis and she makes hash, which is a form of cannabis concentrate. And she's world-renowned. We're walking around the hood and some dudes try to sell us some shit and we get to talking with them and they're like, oh, like people are stashed. Like you, you official as fuck. Like what's he, like we want you to grade our shit. They hold up the bag to her, this woman who's been growing weed and doing, like, she's the fucking weed Yoda for the past 20 years, and they like, this some sour. And her nose hit the bag for a second, and she immediately came back, and she said, this is not sour. And I'm going to need you to do better than that. And she was right, because, like... But they don't know, no, they're not, they don't know you got to at least care to try, like, you know, I want, I want us, you know, okay, so I get it, I get what you're saying, but you know what the weed man does care about? You know what every businessman cares about? Care about his paper. Yup, supply and demand. 
And if you start demanding that they care about that, if you like, listen, I'm not buying loud, what is that going to do? Be like, I need to go to sleep right now. If it's loud, I can't go to sleep. So I need you to tell me what this loud is or if I can't buy it. Then they might tell you that, that shit is Barry White. And you could leastly maybe look up Barry White and see that that shit promotes relaxation. And you're like, oh, why the fuck you call this shit loud then? This shit about to put me to sleep. You should call it sleep. And then you might go buy that back. We need to really demand more. We need to elevate the hood. Just like you said, we need to let the hood know about decarbon. Yeah. I mean, like the, we need to let the hood know that we need to, we we need to elevate the hood through pure supply and demand. Where are they getting this pure supply? They, we, we, well, they got the supply. We need to demand that <laughs> right, they even they take it up or not. They don't. You right. as, the, you as the, the, the corner boy cannot go. Yo. Listen. Niggas just complain that they don't want loud. They they want something better. They want something better. Niggas gonna say, "Oh, I got haze." <laughs> and they gonna, say you don't want that either. And then they're gonna have to come up with something nah. else. You right? No, that's nah. not what you mean. Nah. And then they not good businessmen. Then they not good business. They not worried about that. Nigga, you fire. I need somebody who gonna stand up there and pitch these bags. Don't give a fuck what's in it. Pitch they these bags. They gonna. It's they're different when you have a store or you have a dispensary. That's completely different. Yo, this, I'm not fucking with Listen, all I'm saying is You can't say that to the neighborhood corner boy. As as a New York official, you should already know that New York got everything from, 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 I don't know, Fruity O's to Fruit Loops. We got everything from Kmart to Nike. And we got Loud and we got Designer Drugs. So, like, if you're going to sleep in your city and think that you can't find some Barry White or some Purple Dojo or some white rhino if you really want to, then you don't really know what's out in these streets. Because I promise you, just like we're anywhere, they got the people selling the bottles of moonshine that they tap from the tree, and then they got the bottles of Syrah. Your, your man's on the corner, he might not have it. You right, he might not. Right. You I'm might have to, to elevate. Nigga be like, yo, let me get some white rhino. He gonna be like, nigga, what the fuck are you talking about? Be like, yo, you don't you got... You trying to get hot or what? <laughs> like, you are fucking up my high, because you up here talking about this other you know, shit. You know, I don't know how we infiltrate, <laughs> I don't know how we infiltrate the hood with it other than we starve the hood out maybe i don't know or maybe maybe is maybe that, is that what's gonna happen with each city or state starting to legalize marijuana um I, so, what, happens so here, to, what happens to the what well, happens so to here, the neighborhood you know what that's a really good question and it brings me on to a conversation topic which i like a lot which is cannabis culture as a whole you go you understand culture you yeah. like sneakers you like you like sports so you understand culture yeah. right like subculture cannabis culture and this is why we're having this conversation right now because i'm telling you we need to elevate cannabis culture and you're saying like nah boy they won't do it but the thing is as you know about culture it's like it's the people within the culture that set the standards so the only reason why as i mentioned earlier we are accepting what we have currently is because that's what we were taught your older cousin, your older brother, sister, whoever, they put you on to the man on the corner, and you went to him, they said he got the loud, you sent him, you met him, he said, I got the loud, you took the loud and smoked it, you told your boy it was the loud, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. But, if niggas got just, the loud, they got the loud. Yeah, no, 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 I feel you, I feel you, I feel you, I love me some good loud, listen, listen, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, them boys in the Heights, they sour, could be up and down, but they hate is always loud as fuck. So, like, I get it. I get it. But that is because that is New York cannabis culture. That's what we have set, and that's what we accept. But, you know, in California, for example, which we so often like to view, their culture is raised around names and diversity. And I guess to some extent, 
some level of conscious usage even if they know that some strains is like lower tier and some strains is high end so we need to we need to create a new culture again like was it like that before the dispensary came along yeah dog because this shit is always like that i mean i always knew i've never actually been to cali so i i know people who've been to cali but they they've always been looked at as a, a smokeless culture so maybe yeah. that's maybe that's that's, that's the root why. of it. That to be honest, on some high shit, like on some high shit, much like slavery, like like the the prohibition of cannabis. I'm say, oh shit, you traveling down the dog, like, road. Like, like like so like on some high shit, like the prohibition of cannabis has almost done an erasure of what could have been cannabis culture as it spread from like the west coast to the east coast and possibly across the nation. Like if we want to if we want to imagine like legalization in California of medical cannabis and I think it was 1993, it was somewhere between 93 and 96 where they introduced medical cannabis to California. That is where it was birthed. If you want to see that, that's where they started coming out with these great strains. That's when they started applying it medicinally. Like that's where it created legalization made it so that as that spread across the country and reached so many different bars of of, of prohibition by the time it made it to wherever its destination was it was washed it was just loud we got the water and down haze. we got we the got water the, down we got the haze and, and, and we formed a culture around it which is great but now it's legalization on the flip is now spreading we need to create okay. a new culture so that, you that's, know? That, I think that's what will happen I think I, I want I want that to happen, perfect. As, as you get though. as you get a well, we have a dispensary, but as it becomes more popular, then people will see and learn the different. It's already out there, though. I'm not smoking on loud right now. I'm smoking on strawberry banana. Yeah, but that's gonna tell me what it is. That just say strawberry banana. That's the strain. We could look right. up strawberry but is it, banana. But is, it, is, is it a sativa? Is it an indica? All right, so and this, I and, we have an interactive. And is everybody's strawberry banana the same? You know, these are deep questions, but the problem is, is you got to start somewhere. Um, actually, someone was just like, you know, we were high talking about this before, like, you know, because you can't make any logical conclusion without at least having some control. So somewhere along the line, you got to establish control. But the way the current culture works in New York, like loud or haze, that's like not really nothing. Even this strawberry banana, yeah, you're right. It don't tell glue. me how. That don't tell me what. It gorilla does. Glue it is. does. Whoever's, whoever's giving you gorilla glue, at least they said, does tell you what gorilla glue is. You can look up Leafly right now and see gorilla glue and what the effects on that is like, and that is something that I, the consumer, appreciate that they right. need to choose. But every it's everybody's gorilla glue ain't coming from the same place. You're right. You're so, right. You're right. But so what? One, what? I look up on Leafly. I see all oh, gorilla glue is. I gorilla glue is sativa. So then I go. So my man was like, oh, that's sativa, and the Gorilla Glue was crazy. Nah, my nigga, my shit ain't that. My shit is indica. You ain't know? Somebody told you wrong. Listen, so now we all be back to confused. At least he tried. At least he gave you some. And I'm pretty sure start. he wouldn't even know that Listen, shit because he's when I, when fucking I go to the, When I go to the bar and I order a margarita, but the bartender mixes it up and still gives me, like, a rum, and I take a sip of it, and I know it tastes not like tequila and it tastes like rum instead at least i know i got alcohol and at least somewhere in between that i tried at least i didn't just walk in and, and get a cup of jungle juice that had i don't know what and it, that's you know? what he's gonna say 
Damn, you talking about sativa and indica? Nigga, you got weed. Good job. Yeah. You got that's weed. That's because you took that. That's because you nodded and you said, yeah, you right, and you walked off. If he was like, nah, bro, I want to know what I'm getting. I was trying to go to work tomorrow morning. Instead, I slept in and missed my interview. Now I'm unemployed. <laughs> then, like, that shit sucks, you know. You're, what you're saying is correct, but at the same time, like, if we wait until the dispensaries come, like, we could do that, but... We could also just like start being conscious consumers, and you know there's gonna be the people that you know only smoke haze and loud just because they're just like there's the people that only uh they only they don't care if they drink in well water you know they go to the bar and always order whatever the house vodka is I don't even know what house vodka is what does that mean that they have like a a tree in the back they distilling from they have potatoes they making their own vodka like what is house vodka I never drank that shit because I need to know at least something about what I'm getting whether it's a name I need to refer back to something <laughs> so some people don't need that referral I do this is a very interesting show I learned a lot let's let's, let's we're gonna go to shout outs we're gonna and we're gonna wrap up the show so if you wanna do any shout outs or yeah shout out to cannabis, not just kidding. <laughs> Shout oh, out to weed for being out on to the planet. Bro, for like, for like being here for us, for everything we need, bro. Um, shout out to you for having me on the show. It's been awesome to shoot the shit. To you know, sit here and spit thoughts, spit facts, spit spit opinions, spit knowledge. Um, that's been dope. Um, shout out to my company for you know employing me and, and did you want to say their name? My company, know. yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> my company, MJM, MJM Strategy for. <laughs> For employing me and allowing me to learn as much as I have over the time working with them, it's been, you know, it has only helped me be a more conscious consumer and educate others and just, you know, get the best out of weed, you know, <laughs> and, and help people do the same. Um, so, yeah, shout out to them, MJM Strategy. Shout out to you, the Spit Podcast. Yes. Um, what am I going to say? You can follow me on Instagram, uh, The Spit Podcast. Or just underscore swaz. That's just me by myself. And then there's the podcast podcast page. Uh, likes, dislikes, comments, questions can all be emailed to me at thespitpodcast at gmail.com. Thespitpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, for my guest, David. Word. Everybody kick your head back twice on ice and keep cool to the next time. You have <laughs> now been introduced to the spit. Peace.